RPG Academy presents... fifth edition actual play. Starring Michael as Arami Mott, Scott as Dane Seaborn, and Matthew as Cassandra Ziegengeist. Featuring Caleb, your Game Master. This actual play is supported by BattleBards.com. And while you three are looking around, kind of trying to figure out what's happening, you are suddenly aware of a chittering sound surrounding you and you look up and you see that there are these small bug creatures filling the room from both the direction you came from and the direction you are headed they are swarming into the room from both sides they look like very big beetles but they also have way too many legs. They've got big, giant mandibles that are snapping open and shut as they come towards you. Uh, They've got some sort of shiny shell uh, that reflects in the torchlight of, uh, or the lamplight of what Dane is carrying. And you just hear of all these legs just swarming towards you. Okay, so I'm going to pull out some hard tack from my belt, and I'll crumble a little bit between my fingers and then kind of hold it out and go, Wow. While they eat army, I say we dash ahead and uh, find the kids. You know what, Michael? If you want to make an animal handling check, I will let you. That's a six. Holy smokes. (laughs) (laughs) I still have my token. But do you really want to? Of all the rolls tonight to use inspiration on, that's the stupidest, so you should do it. I'm going to say no, and I will take my medicine. Okay, so uh, Arami is trying to feed some gross dry biscuits to these giant bugs. Let's have everyone roll initiative, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, At least I rolled well there. That'll be a 17 plus 1 is an 18 for Arami. 12 plus 4 is 16. Ooh. Uh, 15 plus 2 is 17. Okay, so, Arami, you're kind of crouched over trying to feed these bugs. And they just don't care about your dry, disgusting biscuits. And they reach up and start snapping at your outstretched arms. You will take three points of damage. I pull my hand back. I was hoping it wouldn't come to this. And I'll pull my cudgel free. And it's top of the order, so go right ahead and act. Okay, I will go ahead and take a swipe at the one or 
group of ones right in front of me. And that will be an 18. Oh, yeah. And seven points of damage. Oh, yeah. So you bring that cudgel down. There is a smashed, squishy, gross mess of bug guts underneath it. You kind of pull your cudgel up, and they just it stretches out like melted cheese, but it's gross. just guts and goop underneath it. Uh, Matthew. Okay, I am going to... I mean, they're right there. Like, we're in the thick of it already, correct? Oh, you're completely surrounded. Yeah, I thought so. Cool. I am going to attack with my spear. It's always a good idea. Good. Good. And by attack with my spear, I mean wave it in front of me and go, Be gone, foul insectine creatures. What'd you actually get? I rolled a four total. You do not connect with any of the beetles, but you do kind of make a a little bit of a radius to push them back a little bit. Okay. So they are not immediately on top of you at this point, but they are still swarming all around you. Maybe you pierce a single beetle so you you can pin it later and put it in your collection. All right, Scott, what are you doing? I... Already had my rapier drawn, so I'll draw my dagger in the other hand, and I'll say, "This is where the the stone wheel meets the road." And I uh, take two attacks. Oh, the professor and I aren't having such a good day. Okay, so my first attack total is nine. So that's gonna miss. And my second attack was a natural one. Oof. Okay, so I drop my dagger on my foot. Yep. Ow. It's it's not point down though. It's just it's just the pommel hits it. Ow. So I'm I'm just kind of rubbing at my toes and feeling like a jackass. Get him, army. Get him. Yeah. You you swipe at the bugs. They're not flying, but they are kind of piling up a little bit. So you're swiping your rapier to keep them away, not hitting anything in specific. But since they are all around you at this point. Each of you is going to be attacked here by some of these snapping pincers. Michael, we have a 10 coming at Army. That will miss, surprisingly. Matt, we have a 20, not natural, coming at Cassander. Come on, of course that hits. For five points of damage. I love it. And Scott, we have another 20, not natural, coming at Dane. What do you know? For another five points of damage. So these things snap and bite at you as you guys are fighting. Top of the order, Arami. Does it look like we even have a shot at running forward or running back? I mean, are we just pretty much fighting for our lives at this point? Well, the ground is completely covered by these giant bugs. So there is not a, a path through them at this point. You could try to make a path you could try to beat a path or just jump over them or or walk through them if you wanted to okay so i'll keep my cudgel out and i'll be swinging it back and forth just to kind of keep distance and i'll yell over my shoulder to um dane are we running or are we fighting i i think that that uh the bugs will merely delay us from getting to the children are we running or are we fighting I look at you for a moment like, really? If we can run through them, I say we run through them. Charge on a hen, friend. That's my professional opinion. Yeah. 
All right, so Army is going to swing her cudgel almost like a golf club and almost like a sweeping strike, and I'm trying to clear a path, and then I'm just going to jump to an open spot and then almost just sort of spin and dance and try to make it all the way across. Okay, so let's make an attack roll against the one you're clubbing out of the way. <laughs> Natural 20. Uh, how are we doing this, by the way? Like normal way or Michael way or Caleb way? Uh, we'll do it the way you've been doing it. So max plus a roll. Okay, max plus a roll. Not too great. Uh, that will be a 16 total. Good. So uh, with that critical hit, Army actually kind of smacks into the giant mass of bugs, uh, knocking five or six of them into pulp out of the way. There was just like a... There was a big pile of the bugs, kind of how bugs, you know, climb on top of each other as they're getting towards something. You smash that pile of bugs into pulp, and the the other beetles around that actually pull back a little bit. Why don't we have Arme give me an intimidate check? Do I use charisma, or can I use strength? I'm going to say strength is fine. Perfect. 13 plus 3 is a 16. Okay, so as a result of this devastating attack against them, the bugs actually do get afraid and start to pull back a little bit. There's still giant swarms of them all around you, but they're not quite as thick as they were before. Uh, so is Arme just going to run forward through this kind of opening that's been made? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take some swipes at them, but mostly I'm just trying to move across. Okay, so you are kind of wading through the bugs. They're not, uh, they, they kind of come up to mid-shin height, uh, so you can't just step through them. You're kind of kicking them as you walk, like like if you're walking through a, a really big pile of of, uh, of dead leaves. Or bugs. Or bugs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're kind of walking through these piles, kicking them away. They're definitely snapping at you, but you're using your momentum of that attack to kind of shove through, and you're making some progress. Matt, Cassandra, what is Cassandra doing? Can Cassandra press through the same hole that Arme made, or does he need to uh, make his own hole? Uh, he can press through that hole, but it, it's not a clearing, so the bugs are definitely swarming back in as you move. So they are still coming up on either side of you. Can I use my action to disengage and go beyond them, or do I have to attack and do it or something? No, that would be fine. Uh, you, you could use a disengage. So what you will do is Cassandra will actually try to step around the worst parts of the swarm. Mm -hmm. uh, but this actually puts you kind of off to the side of army. Okay. So if she is forging straight through, you have chosen uh, uh, to swing off to the left a little bit. So you're not immediately behind her anymore, but you're in a less dense part of the swarm. Gotcha. And Scott, what is Dane doing? Dane is uh, using his action to disengage, his bonus action to dash, and tiptoe traipsing all the way through around his allies and the enemies to uh, presumed safety deeper into the cave toward the kids. 
Okay, yeah. Uh, with uh, your nimbleness and speed, you can get around the worst of them no problem. You find yourself at the other door to this cavern that you were in, what is to you the exit, uh, still moving forward and deeper. But the uh, the bugs are still swarming. Uh, Dane is pretty successfully out of the way at this point. Uh, however, they are still swarming around... Arami and Cassander. So they will each suffer an attack. Perfect. Arami, an 11. Miss. I got a 12. Uh, Cassander, a 16. That will hit. Uh, two points of damage. Perfect. Thank you. So uh, at this point, Dane is out of harm's way, pretty much out of the cave. Uh, Arami is still slugging through this swarm and Cassander is kind of way off to the left, trying to get around the worst of them. Twirling my 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 spear the whole time. Trying to make a bug-free zone. Exactly. Michael, what is Arami doing? So I finish my sort of twirling, jumping, dancing maneuver across the, uh, the bugs. Uh, I, if I can, I want to get next to Dane, grab his lantern, and then smash it on the ground. Okay, so let's start with an attack roll. Okie dokie. That's going to be a 13. Yep, that will connect with whatever's in front of you. No problem. So, uh, continuing your path of destruction through these bugs. The cave itself is not too big, so it's not like you have to spend turns and turns to get to where Dane is. Uh, Scott, Michael's character, is reaching towards your lantern. What are you doing? I, I mean, which I assumed he reached toward, grabbed, and smashed while all, all amidst my protests of, hey, Tilly got me that lantern for my birthday. Why, why would you smash it like that? Now I can't see. What, 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 what are you doing? So Why do I bring you to these things? So Dane does not attempt to stop Army grabbing his lantern. No, I, I just complain. Okay. So Arami grabs the lantern out of Dane's protesting hand. She smashes it to the ground, and there is a flare of fire as the oil ignites and erupts. It's not a big fire, but it definitely does push the bugs back. I like to think that just for like a moment there as that fire roars up and there's the dark shadows and my red hair that uh, I have the visage of Invar herself. In your head, yeah. So, uh, Matt, Cassander is off to the side trying to tiptoe his way through these bugs. Arami has just made a giant, relatively giant, uh, fireball <laughs> hit, the, hit the floor. The beetles are all pulling back, but they are still around you. What are you going to do to get to where uh, Dane and Arami are? Um, if I need to disengage again, I will, and I will make a movement towards Dane and Army. Okay, yeah, that's not a problem. So you can just continue walking on tiptoe, basically, kind of carefully way off to the side. Uh, it takes a little bit longer to get over there. However, the fire is still pushing the beetles back, so you are really not in in danger at this point. Gotcha. So the three of you can uh, regroup the beetles are still in a mass in front of you. Uh, the fire is not dying down, but it will not last forever. 
and the exit is now behind you. Well, you did a good job with those bugs, Army. I'll give you that. Then why did you say you didn't know why you brought me? I was just kidding about that why do I bring you around stuff. Kind of pat her on the shoulder. Nice nice work. Sort of, you know, starts with a real heavy pat, and I notice that, that her robust frame hardly moves from my feeble little arms, and, and then I just go to some sort of light, polite, don't offend the the bug-crushing champion tap. Army will smile and just about beam under this even faintest of praise. But I like to think that I'm, like, just disgustingly covered with gore and bug parts and ichor right now. Just, uh, kind of compulsively clean my own beard. All right, so... Shouldn't we hurry? Oh, yes, yes, the children. Yeah, I wonder, how did they get past these bugs? Well, option A is these bugs were a distraction laid after the children passed. Option B is they definitely didn't come this way. Let's hope it's option A and hurry. Okay, so you hurry down the cavern tunnel in front of you, and you see that there is actually light ahead of you at this point. It's dim light, but it, there's, there's a brightness to it, and it grows brighter as you are walking forward. Uh, you exit this tunnel, and suddenly you are in a massive room. Uh, it is lit by torches uh, that are just lying on the ground as if someone lit a torch, dropped it, walked five or six feet, lit a torch, dropped it, walked five or six more feet. Uh, This is a long, wide room, so it extends pretty far to your left and right. Okay. It does not appear to be very deep, so it doesn't appear to extend a lot in front of you. But you look up towards the wall... And you are overwhelmed with a sense of infinite space. You've kind of got that weird seasick, swimmy vision. What should be a cavern wall extends hundreds, if not thousands, of feet in front of you. And it has that weird kind of optical illusion sense of motion it goes so far back. Uh, so you've got this weird sense of vertigo as you're staring at the wall. Yeah, you all feel dizzy and out of sorts as you're trying to figure out what you're looking at. Uh, this is not just empty space in front of you, though. You actually see in this seemingly infinite expanse hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cave openings opening into this expanse. So just like the opening you just walked through, you are seeing hundreds and thousands of them emptying into this space in front of you. So it's like a honeycomb. Yeah, yeah, absolutely like a honeycomb. I'll I'll peek into some of these other spaces that empty in. Do, Do they look like they're just coincidentally adjoining or they they don't open into strange parallel universes or underwater worlds full of treasure and mermaids you just see blackness in the other openings these are not near to you they you don't know how far away they are they could be miles away the depth of what you're looking in is so deep and distant there's no 
context of the relationship between where you are standing and where these other doorways are. That's good. I guess we'll start with the one in front of us and go from there. Well, as you are standing there, you see two things. You see about 30 feet to your right. You see a tall, lanky figure in a dark cloak. You cannot tell if it's a man or a woman. But as this figure is standing there, you see arms slowly raise up. Uh, and out to the sides, still under this cloak. So you see just flowing cloth, but you know it's arms being raised. And then about 30 feet beyond this figure, again to the right, you see the six children that are, uh, they're lying on the ground, and they are bound with rope. Is the figure removing their hearts? No. I, I was just wondering if this is revenge that Caleb exacts on Michael. It's it's so early and efficient. No, none of that is happening yet. Damn. So Army will move to kind of get between this figure and the children, expecting Dane and Cassander to go and rescue them? I am going to tell Dane to go to the children and free them, and I am going to draw my longbow and... Fire upon the man raising his arms. I say, well, I think I'll take it upon myself to go to the children and free them. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Cassander draws his bow back and fires an arrow. As Dane is running forward towards the children. And Arame is positioning herself between this figure and the pile of kids, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, as this is all happening pretty much simultaneously, a flash of light comes from this cloaked figure. Uh, You are all three uh, blinded momentarily. Uh, And as you stand there blinking, trying to figure out what happened, the room kind of swims back into focus, Everything is exactly like it was. The kids are still there. The figure is still there. uh, But the arrow has not struck this figure. It's just gone. It's vanished. And you hear a noise off to your right, but it's higher up in the cave. And you look up, and you see that there's an outcropping, maybe about 40, 50 feet off the ground of where you're standing. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a figure standing up there. Arami, this is the figure you saw in the jungle. And this figure just shouts wordlessly (laughs) and leaps off this platform, 40 or 50 feet off the ground, and is plummeting towards you three on the floor of the cave. And as this is happening, you hear a rush of motion And all the beetles that you had fought previously swarm back into the cave and actually kind of form a giant column swirling around. This figure plunges into this mass of bugs and you just see a ball of, of chaotic movement thrashing about and then suddenly it 
it starts to take shape into a, a humanoid form about 15 feet tall. These bugs are uh, almost melding together into this shape around this figure that jumped from above you and is now forming a, a giant humanoid bug creature. The figure that uh, was cloaked with arms raised, you hear laughing. You know, I'm not sure which of these two guys is bugging me more. And we will roll initiative. Uh, after that, yeah, I, I think we all deserve to roll initiative. 19 total, 15 plus 4. Wow, I fell asleep for this initiative. 7. Boom. <laughs> We were cuddling, and I woke up Step first. Step one, rescue the kids. Step two, the very sweet memorial service to my two dead friends. Step three, <laughs> profit. Okay, so top of the order, we're going to start with Dane. Dane points his rapier threateningly at the... Well, no, plan is to rescue the kids. There's six of them. They're kind of dense. I'm going to have to carry two at a time. This is a... Uh, bonus action dash situation so i bonus action dash run over you know my knife probably slides quite easily through whatever slimy silken elven sissy rope this uh horrible bug monster's using and uh then i pack two kids under uh, one under each arm and truck it back toward the the cave that is now bug free so i could just huck the kids that direction and hope that they take care of themselves okay so uh you can cut through the rope no problem but when you go to try to pick up the children, I need a strength check. Uh, you sure I can't use acrobatics? I can juggle the kids on my way. Sleight of hand, I'll put them stealthily in my pockets. No one will ever see the kids again. Huh? Huh? You still got to pick them up first. God damn. Yeah, you drive a hard bargain. Okay, so um, I got a six. And minus one makes that a five. Does a five pick up two dwarven children? No. Does it pick up a one? No, it doesn't. And here's why. You cut the rope. You go to pick up the kids. And it's that kind of motion where you are expecting yourself to be successful. So you're not really stopping. You're just expecting this to be one motion and you're moving already. And you do the thing where your hands are now grabbing these kids and your feet go to move. But then the kids don't move, but you didn't. And my lower back gives out, and then I have that horrible pain when I sit for a week or two. I hate that. Well, your feet just that. go out from under you, and you kind of fall to the ground. But you realize it's not because the kids are heavy, because they're just kids. Something is anchoring them there. Are they, are they holding on to the, the drinks in the vending machines? Because I tell them to let those go. Yeah. Drop Stop doing that, children. Uh, they appear to be unconscious. Do they have uh, very small black holes in their pockets? No. Um, I roll them over. Do they roll? I will roll them to the exit. No, they do not move at all. Like, like I can't even, you know, quit hitting themselves with their arms? Nothing? No. They, they are absolutely immobile. As you are standing there trying to figure out what's going on, the giant bug creature is going to roar and swipe 
his arm down. You, unfortunately, are closest to it. Oh, but uh, luckily I have partial cover from the kids, right? I mean, a little bit. I'm totally ducking in the side of those kids. That arm comes out at me. Uh, I'd I'd take a hide check if I hadn't squandered my bonus action. A 16 is coming at you to hit. Yeah, it's going to hit me with a plus two. And you will take six points of damage. So the the bug uh, just smacks at you. Uh, You kind of bounce back a little bit as, as, uh, as you feel the impact of the blow. Spit bugs out of my mouth. You kids better be grateful. Now the the figure that was standing there cloaked uh, is just very clearly laughing at the three of you. And he starts to levitate. Good for him. He is raising off the ground. And as he is raising himself off the ground, this uh, the group of children is also raising off the ground. Ah, shh. So they are, are, are they carrying me along with them since I'm hiding kind of around? They, they very slowly lift off the ground. They're only about two to three feet off the ground in this time frame. Are you holding on to them, trying to move with them? Uh, I guess we'll see on my next action, but uh, probably. All right. They make good cover. Yeah. Well, we're going to go over to Cassandra at this point. We certainly are. Uh, Cassandra is going to... Uh draw another arrow and fire another shot at the the guy leaving with the kids. Okay, go for it. You know what? Forget that. Cassander is going to use a spell. What? He's going to use entangle and try to entangle the uh the guy who's trying to leave. The kids because that technically doesn't slow them down, it just hurts them. And so if they're all dead, the guys will leave us alone. I don't like your plan. Okay, okay, new plan. New plan. Okay, then I entangle the guy who's uh, Wingardia Leviosa. 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 And what is your spell DC? Nope, spell save DC is 12. Okay, so... (laughs) Okay, so Cassander, you cast your spell. Vines and branches start to snake up from the ground, trying to wrap around this figure's lower extremities. But they do not connect. They cannot find purchase. And he simply raises a little bit higher. But it does hurt him, right? Because it doesn't actually slow you down. It just hurts you. Mm-hmm. I actually also don't think the spell has a height limit described in it. It just has an area. So... Obviously, it's infinitely tall. The only sensible conclusion. I'll agree to the height, but it definitely just gets away without being hurt. But Fuck this guy. Uh, so now we will go down to Army. Okay, so Army is going to move up next to the beetle swarm person creature thingy. I'm going to display my holy symbol, which again is that just sort of uh, almost like rosary bead of all the different metals. And then I'm going to take a big swing, uh, and then I'm going to action surge and swing again. And that will be a 16 on the fore swing and an 18 on the back swing. Both will hit successfully. 
Okay, not too bad. Uh, that will be a 12 and then 6. So was that 18 damage altogether? Okay, so where were you hitting? Just at the closest thing you can find, basically? Uh, yeah, I'm just doing like a horizontal strike, and I'm hoping that it knocks out a chunk, and then I'll backhand and it'll knock out another <laughs> chunk. So you're trying to Jenga this thing to death? Yes. Okay, so you make two successful uh, hits with your cudgel. You are smacking into this body. It roars in pain and, and stumbles back a little bit, but it is very clearly more enraged at this point. Uh, so we will go back to the top of the order with Dane. Arami is fighting this giant bug monster humanoid thing. Uh, the children and the figure are both levitating, by this point, about four feet off the ground. So uh, I know I'm not exactly a spellcrafter. I certainly don't have any training in arcana or religion. But I'm hoping I can identify who's casting the levitate. Is it the uh, tall, skinny, creepy thing or the bug, horrible, festually thing? You know, your best guess is that it's the cloaked figure. All right. I, I, uh, player knows how concentration works. Character knows how hurting people is generally a good thing when they're bad people. <laughs> so I will... <laughs> Go ahead and kind of, uh... Yeah, all right. I'm gonna hide behind the levitating kids. Attempt to do so. As a bonus action. And I got a... 21 to do that total 15 plus 6 okay all right and then coming out of a surprise kid the uh skinny one he expected i'd come out of the fat one because that makes a lot more sense i uh shoot a short bow at the horrible creepy crawly disastery jerk face guy oh does an 11 hit him uh you were so busy trying to hide behind the child that it didn't really work you're your arrow flies off to the side. All right. But it, it does actually snag the robe of this hooded figure and cloaked figure. It, it just passes through. It doesn't connect. It keeps flying off into this infinite blackness with all these doorways. But as it snags the cloak, the, his levitation actually falters a little bit. Not to assign a gender, because you don't know who it is, but the figure's concentration might flag a little bit, and, and you see him kind of bob up and down a little bit, but then continue levitating like he was. Hmm. I have plenty of movement left. With my plenty of movement left, I'm going to get on top of the kids, ride one like a surfboard, and, uh, I mean, whatever, they're asleep, I'm not mushing them, help, maybe. And then I'm going to scream, it's his robe that casts the spell! Burn the robe! Because I honestly don't know any better. Hey, this group isn't big enough for two dum-dums. I don't know how Arcana works. The professor hasn't told us what to do. Burning the robe will also kill him. That seems like a great solution. I mean, you can't go wrong. I'd have, I'd have thrown Tilly's lamp at it, but it, that already happened. We did learn in Harry Potter that a robe on fire will break concentration. That is okay, true. Okay, so uh, Dane is now riding the children. Not in a creepy way. Not in a creepy way. My, my metal cylinder disappeared, remember? The headline is going to read, Dane hangs up by a cave, tries to pick up school children. 
oh, they're hard to get to come home with you. I can't pick these kids up. The damnedest thing. God, I'm just going to get all up on one. And uh, the giant bug creature is still battling with Army, and it will take a giant swipe at her. Uh, that will be a 17 to hit. Uh, yeah. For six damage. Ugh. And that will take us to the hooded figure. The hooded figure is still rising. It appears to turn its head and look over to you guys. You still cannot see its face or any features. And it will move its arm in like a sweeping motion towards you. And what happens is the the figure moves off to the left and the pile of kids moves off to the right. So they're moving kind of diagonally farther away from each other at this point and farther away from you guys at this point. They are also moving forward enough that they are over the edge of where you are standing. <sighs> Just like where when you looked ahead of you into this cavern, you saw the infinite expanse. If you look down, there is another infinite expanse. So as these two figures are moving in opposite directions further apart, they are also moving over what appears to be a bottomless pit. Ooh. And it is Cassandra's turn. Well, Cassandra is going to take another shot at the guy who seems to be in control of the children. Okay. With his longbow. Oh, 15 plus 4 is 19. All right, so the arrow connects with the figure, but what you see is it hits the cloth and pushes it in as if it was a blunt surface striking uh, a flexible surface, and the robe actually kind of puddles around it and then bounces back out, pushing the arrow away. And that will bring it down to Arami. Okay, so Arami is going to dive and Captain Kirk roll and come up on the other side of this creature. Not that that really matters, but that's just how dwarves attack big, tall things. That is going to be a 17 to hit. Yep, that will hit. For nine points of damage. And top of the order, Dane. Well, I uh, somehow don't think I'm going to be able to hide on this surfboard. Um, but am I within sort of non-casual leaping distance of the Richard-robed floating figure? No. These guys are kind of opposite points of a triangle. So they're if wherever, whatever point they started at, they're moving out diagonally away from each other. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really you. I mean, it's, it's it's really far to try to jump over to him, but you could try to jump back to where you were standing easily enough. As opposed to uh, hanging over the infinite abyss, I can jump from kid to kid and use them as sort of a pathway. Sure. All right. Well, we'll, we'll do that as step one. If I can't save the kids, then I'll at least save myself. There's you know priorities. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and grind out the rest of my bonus action to 
Well, I guess I'm in the middle of these two figures. I'll Blitzkrieg up to the one who's not currently melee engaged with our Thunderhulk. Wait, so, wait, you're asking where the floaty guy is? Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that Michael was engaging the floaty guy. If he's not, then that may imply that the floaty guy's too high to engage in melee combat. Yeah, the, Michael's been fighting the bug, who's on Kay. ground level. And the floaty guy's floating. Yep. Too high for me to reach. Yep. Can't save the kids. Can't do much damage. Uh, there's not really any outcroppings or convenient um, phone booths for me to hide in and then vanish and then suddenly reappear. Um, oh, but uh, oh, you're engaged in melee. If if I also engage, then I still get sneak attack, right? Yes, we'll do that. So I uh, run up and I'll help you, army. If it's the only thing I can do. Because it is. And I'll uh, go for a hit with my rapier. Ooh, 15 plus 4 is 19. That'll hit. Yay! 15 points of damage as I sink deftly into several bugs' hearts and other uh, bug-critical organs. Livers, kidneys, spleens. Basically have a giant kebab when I pull my rapier out. Okay, yeah, so you uh, do that without any problem. A wave of pain passes through this giant creature, uh, reacting to you, stabbing it. And Arami, you see the bugs actually pull back from the chest and torso area, and you see a face. Do I know who it is? This... Uh, is a face you recognize, actually. Uh, this is a male dwarf named Tobin. Uh, you know him as one of the caretakers at the temple. And he has uh, a look of panic and fear on his face, and he begs for your help. However, a moment later, the uh, the bugs swarm back over his face, and it swipes at you uh, with a 16 to hit for five points of damage. I take a step back and get a snarl on my face. I'll help you. I'll help you go straight to hell. When you see Ingvar, you tell him Army sent you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Army strong. Army of one. So Army and Dane are fighting this giant creature Cassander you are the only one at this point really paying attention to the hooded figure okay and you see that basically as the the figure has been levitating and moving further out forward yeah he and the pile of children are now starting to move actually forward away from you deeper into this infinite expanse. Now, it's it's slow, but they're moving away from you with purpose and intent. Okay. And it is your turn. I am going to do the same action I did before, which is fire a shot at the man who seems to be in control of the levitating the children. Or should I entangle him? That didn't work last time. 16 plus 
plus four is 20. All right, uh, the same exact thing happens as last time. Your arrow very clearly connects with this figure, but it is... Right. Uh, it, it bounces off. It's, it's pushed away instead of damaging it. Uh, and that will bring it down to Aramis turn. Okay, I got a 19, and actually with my character, that uh, is a critical. So I will get max plus roll again. Okay, so that's 15 points of damage. Okay, so that perfect strike uh, connects in the torso of this bug thing where Tobin's face was. And was being the keyword, you smash into the bugs, and it's, it's like there's a resistance for a second, and then your your hit continues to move forward, and you just hear that sickening crack of bone, and you know you hit a person. And you hear a roar that devolves into kind of a groan that devolves into what you are well familiar with the sound of someone dying sounds like that last breath escaping his lungs and there's kind of a a melting effect as this humanoid shape just patters down and the the beetles fall away and this figure this dwarf tobin who you know from the temple just falls to the ground the beetles all leave. They climb to the the edge of where you are standing and then down its face into this infinite bottomless, bottomless pit. And uh, there is a dead Tobin in front of you. That would take us back to top of the order with Dane. Well, nice work. And I uh, pull out my bow hide behind his corpse and attempt to shoot an arrow at his hovering friend. You know, he will be in service in his death as he was in life. Ooh. Badly. And being generally in the way. And I uh, hid behind a corpse about as well as you'd expect me to hide behind a corpse. Which is to say, badly. Well, you know, dwarves are really short, so there's not much room to get behind. I'm also dwarf-sized. That could be 100%, right? It's like a cardboard cut out of me. I just have to wiggle him, you know, it's like a, like a Weekend at Bernie's thing we're trying to pull together. Anyway, so so I drop its corpse, and I uh, take out my short bow, and I notch an arrow, and I launch the bow at the hovering guy, and the arrow's still in my hands. And I'm like, fuck this. And then I just throw the arrow. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I uh, scamper back toward the kids, see if I can surf them a little, because that seemed to be a way I could help Except that by now the kids are 30 feet out from the edge over the infinite expanse of nothingness. I'll stand over the edge and consider good ways to jump. I have rope. I'll uh, start pulling rope out of my bag. That seems like I use my time. Hey, rope is handy. The children and the figure are moving very slowly, but they are definitely moving farther away from you guys. And they are starting to have this weird aura around them. It's not a bright light, but there's definitely a flickering of energy 
surrounding them, but it appears to be a black or a very dark energy, almost like their shadow is becoming more intense and and flickering in and out of reality, kind of wrapping around them. And uh, that will take us to Cassander. Mm, I am going to... Now, uh, do I see anything, like, obvious hanging off this robed figure? Like an amulet or, like, something he's concentrating on, or it's just robes I'm seeing? All you see are robes. All right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and tangle again, then. Burn the robes, they're magical. It's the only thing we can do. It's his one weakness, his clothing. Okay, so you cast the spell, uh, the vines reach out for this figure but basically as they get up to it they hit this weird black shadowy aura and just disintegrate great army i'm going to grab dane by the back of the collar in his pocket and then i'm going to spin him around like a hammer throw and i'm going to throw him at the children Nice. I'm very aerodynamic. Uh, Scott, do you want this to happen? More than anything I've ever wanted in my entire life. Okay. Then, Michael, let's have a roll for this fastball special. I'm going to say this is a ranged attack, but you can use strength. Okay. I will tell him, hold on to the rope. I don't know why. It's really not going to do any good, but hey, you know, you ever know. Maybe I can tie the floating kids together when I'm out there. That would be a 16. <laughs> I'm willing to use my token here and re-roll that if that's not what we want. Okay, so <laughs> Arami picks up this blue dwarf and chucks him through the air. Dane flies through the air and you hit this pile of kids. But you need to grab on. Can I grab on with acrobatics? I'm going to say this needs to be a dexterity save. Oh, that's... Because you got a lot of momentum from this mountain of a dwarven chick throwing you. 13 total dex save. Okay, so you are... You hit the kids, but you kind of skip over them. But then you grab onto one of their belts... And you're hanging there, and you can scramble on... Safe by the fat one. And you can scramble on top of this pile of kids. You are now floating over and into an infinite expanse. I want to grab onto the rope. Do, do I have all of it, or do I live one end at the other side of this? Good. Good. Glad we thought that ahead. Yep. Uh, so you are holding onto one end of the rope... Uh, Arami is holding on to the other end? Yep. Okay. She can successfully pull you back uh, along with the pile of children. Yay! We're helping! We went fishing! I cast you like a, like a fishing pole. You're my lure. And we caught a bunch of... Your sister used to say that I'm very luring. Now, Dane, as you are being pulled back, you you feel this shadowy aura of energy fading it, it, it's almost like uh, it's it's 
moving past you. Like you could feel a, a tangible physical substance evaporating and, and moving past you. Uh, like it's getting pulled away from you as you are being pulled back towards your friends. Like like the hover is going with the magical cloak that's smothering that man to death. And since the hover's leaving us, all these kids are going to plummet into the abyss. If that's what Dane wants to understand, yes. But in the reality, that is not what's happening. <laughs> well, Dane spends quite a bit of time meticulously tying the rope into all the kids and himself in preparation for you guys having to haul us up. So, uh, uh, Dane and the pile of children are successfully pulled back to solid ground. That was close. As uh, the three of you are uh, resting and recovering and making sure the kids are okay, you actually see the uh, cloaked, hooded figure vanish into this infinite space. Uh, It's not like he just uh, pops out of existence, though. You actually see kind of a an elongation and stretching as this figure moves away from you into infinity. Ooh. Event Horizon style. And you three are now sitting on uh, this cave. You've got a pile of six unconscious dwarven children in front of you. I will say a prayer to Inbar and thank her for her mercy in bringing the children back. I'll go uh, check the pockets of my um, hunter's blind slash bodyguard slash corpse of our former neighbor over there to see if he has any incriminating notes. He's like, I did this shit or like manifestos in his pocket. Good idea. I'm going to check on the children. Right. The kids. Right. Dane, you have no such luck. There is no tell all clue to be found. Cassander, you check on the kids. They all appear to be asleep. Excellent. They are breathing normally. Uh, and what bundle would you guys like the to kids do next? And, and move them back to the temple, I think. I assume Tobin is, like, dead dead, right? Oh, he's way dead. All right, I'm going to hammer throw him into the abyss. But, but don't we have to give him a good dwarven burial at sea? Did, did you check his pockets first? Of course. Okay. Then, yeah, of course. Okay, so Army picks up Tobin, chucks him over the edge, and he drops like a stone. Just straight down. The holy stone? Regular stone. We're, oh, regular we're, stone. we're listening for the kersquish. I'll spit after him. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Oh, Mississippi doesn't exist here. One Warhammer Bay, two Warhammer Bay. Three Warhammer Bay. Hmm? Four Warhammer Bay. Nothing? No Kersquish? No Kersquish. Guys, I don't think it's a magical illusion that this pit's infinitely deep. You know what that means? This pit's infinitely deep? Well, my, uh, Dane has an idea. An idea that he is afraid might be so cunning that, uh, obviously it couldn't work. Dane has this brilliant idea that if the retribution was to fill our world with water, we have an infinite abyss capable of holding that water. All we have to do is get a bunch of pygmies to bring one bucket at a time up into this cave and bail out the ocean into the infinite abyss. 
At this point, I've grabbed up two children and I've already started walking away because this is insanity and I'm not listening to his nonsense anymore. It's, it's a good idea. We'll, we'll train the children to start and then they will train others. I'll pick up two kids. Hey, where are you going? Oh, these are a lot lighter now. I will stand at the edge of the abyss and then um, I, I assume at some point if we stay here long enough, Tobin will actually fall from the ceiling again and then it's just like an infinite loop. That does not happen, but it would be cool. He clips through the floor of the level. The three of you can pick up two kids. They are easy to carry at this point. You can walk back through uh, the couple caves you were in before. There's absolutely no problem whatsoever. When you get out of the cave, you see that the storm has broken. The rain has stopped. It's not clear skies, but the clouds are pulling back. And you can make it through uh, the jungle back to the town without any trouble whatsoever. Excellent. So what do you guys do when you get back to town? Uh, I want to find the priestess. I'm, I'm spending most of my time on the walk back discussing what I think our parade should look like. I mean, obviously they need floats in the shape of all of us. And I'm wondering where the next statue they make of me should be erected. Because the the, the, the first one is still looking pretty good. I mean... Yeah, they made it out of cheese, and I think maybe some people thought it was a joke, but but uh, that that was a great celebration, I thought. I'm just curious. What would have happened if we had taken the other tunnel? Uh, we can go check that out after we get the kids safely back, I guess. Unless we wanted to... I was going to say thank Invar that we didn't go down the other passage, because now we have these bundles of joy to bring back to uh, Verilux. As you are walking through the jungle having this discussion, uh, the kids are starting to wake up a little bit. You are just breaking through the brush. The temple is in sight. Some of the priestesses were outside the temple cleaning up from the storm. They see you with the children. They raise a shout of joy and success. Verilux comes dashing out of the temple towards you followed by five or six of the other dwarven priestesses. They each grab a kid. They're, they're happy. They're, they're filled with joy and gratitude for you guys for doing all this work. The kids are very upset and confused. Some of them are crying. They have no idea what's going on. They don't know how they got outside, but they see that they're, they're, back, with, uh, they're back with their dwarven family, so everyone's happy. I'll look at Priestess Feralux. Priestess, we must talk about what occurred in the cave. RMA, we can speak in the morning. This has been a stressful and traumatic evening. Thank Invar and Kovar that everyone is safe. Let us rest, let us recover, and in the morning we shall speak of important matters. Of course, Priestess. And then I'll move over and give her a hug, and, and while I'm giving her the hug, I'll whisper in her ear, Tobin was a traitor. Be careful. There could be others inside the temple. She casts a grave look at you, but does not verbally respond. I'll look over at Dane and whisper loud enough so that everyone can hear. I just told her about Tobin. Good work. You got a cookie. And I will just shake my head silently as I hand off the two children that I'm holding. And with that, we will draw this adventure to a close. Having successfully rescued the children, you all have a 
dwarven celebration of mostly ale, but a little bit of food. And then more ale. Yay! Da-da-da! Yay! Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.